Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, on this Monday. My man Harry Ruiz, who's filling in for JT the Brick, said that uh, Q was standing outside the studio. Q is not standing outside the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari is making everything go on the wheels of steel today. And I'm at the home studio this afternoon for the next three hours. Excited to be with you here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, had a very exciting weekend. Had a lot of uh, things going on in and around Las Vegas uh, having to do with the Raiders. It's just a lot of good stuff to get to. A lot of good guests to talk to. And, of course, share a conversation with you as well. Raider Nation at 702 365 9200 in the don't be broke dot com text line at 69187 keyword R&R. As I mentioned, my man Ari is behind the wheels of steel coming in fresh off vacation, and he's already got beef. Think about this, Raider Nation. Ari's been on vacation, right? He's been, he's been working his tail off all year long. He gets a vacation like a lot of folks are getting. Later on this week, the morning tailgate will get some time off. I'll get some time off next week. Uh, everyone's kind of going through. JT's getting back from vacation tomorrow. So everyone's kind of going through the whole vacation thing. Well, Ari did the same thing. He was gone for a whole week, and he comes back, and he's already on edge. He's already got some beef and got some complaints. So before we even get into the opening drive, we're going to get into Ari's issues that he had. And I'd love to get the feedback from Raider Nation on Ari's issues uh, after I explain the story and let him ex- tell his side of the story as well. So we'll get to that in a hot minute, but I do want to let you know what guests we have coming up on the show today. At 2.30, Adam Hill from the Review Journal on ESPN Las Vegas. I'm not sure, Ari, he might actually be in studio. He might actually join you in studio because he's going to be uh, co- co-hosting on Cofield & Company our, on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, uh, this afternoon as well. So he might actually join you in studio. He wrote an article about Josh Jacobs, and, of course, Josh Jacobs and the running back position has been a heavy topic all, uh, all day long, not only on this station but just basically in the NFL because, well, it's the middle of June and – there's some conversations going on about running backs and where their value is or if they're not valued like they should be across the league. Saquon Barkley had some things to say about that at a camp he had over the weekend. Josh Jacobs had a couple things to say on Twitter over the weekend. So uh, Adam wrote a piece on Josh Jacobs. says, uh, Josh Jacobs keeps fighting for himself and his position. So uh, we'll talk all things Josh Jacobs with Adam Hill uh, coming up at 2.30. We'll also ask him a little bit about the Golden Knights as well. As he's been on Golden Knight duty, uh, traveled to Florida, watched them win uh, Game 3 and Game 4, and now they're back in uh, Las Vegas for Game 5 tomorrow, hopefully closing things out and bringing another championship to Las Vegas. So Adam, Adam Hill will join us at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, you'll hear from Champ Kelly, the Raiders' assistant GM. Uh, he was part of Champ Camp. He actually hosted Champ Camp at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center uh, on Saturday, and that was really to give back to the local community and the local high schools and had about 200 high school kids out there at the event. It was a really good event. I was uh, able to go over there and check it out for a little while just to see what was going on, and it's something that's very important to Champ Kelly. So uh, he'll, he'll, uh, you'll hear that conversation I had with him following his event on Saturday. You'll hear that around 3 o'clock. Uh, we were supposed to have Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus join us to talk about uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, the value of running backs as far as uh, you know what contracts could look like, uh, as far as their shelf life goes. Uh, he had to push back, so he's not able to join us today, so he'll join us on tomorrow's show, which is no problem. That's okay. As I said, we got plenty to get to on today's show anyway, but uh, Brad Spielberger just kind of put a little uh, asterisk next to him. He'll join us on the show tomorrow as opposed to today, but 
at 4 o'clock, Mo DeKeel, host of One Mo Thing, uh, big-time NBA guy, covers the NBA like a glove, always is doing live uh, live broadcasts when it's when the games are going on, uh, always break down the NBA finals. And so he's going to join us at 4 o'clock because just like the Golden Knights, they have an opportunity to close things out tomorrow. The Denver Nuggets have an opportunity to close things out with the Miami Heat tonight. So uh, Mo DeKeel will join us at 4 o'clock, good friend of the show, just to talk all things Nuggets, Heat, Game 5 as that will get underway this evening. Then at 4.30, Ted Wynn from The Athletic, he'll join us and give us a little bit of film study on scheme versus player, because that's one of the situations and one of the reasons why the the running back position is, is not as valuable as we all think it should be, because a lot of teams believe it's more of the scheme than the actual running back. And then there's certain running backs in the league that are really just special players. I believe Josh Jacobs is a special player. So, yes, the scheme is the scheme, but Josh Jacobs is a different dude. And the question, we'll actually ask Adam about this as well. We've had this discussion in the media room there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center before, uh, just talking about uh, if it's, you know, if, if you believe that another running back could have the same kind of production that Josh Jacobs is having or others, you know, like a Saquon Barkley in New York or a Christian McCaffrey uh, with San Francisco, whatever the case may be. Uh, that's what we do. We just kind of talk, kind of compare and contrast the scheme versus the player. So at uh, 430, we'll talk to Ted Wynn about that. Uh, he does a really good job when it comes to uh, film breakdown for the athletics. So uh, that that's the guest lineup that we have for you again. Adam Hill at 230, Keel at 4, Ted Wynn at 430. You'll also hear from Champ Kelly, the assistant GM of the Silver and Black. Clark High School head coach, Coach Reeder. Uh, you'll hear the conversation I had with him following the champ camp on Saturday as well. And then Durango High School head coach, Robert Cutts. He'll join the show as well. Or you'll hear the conversation I had with him as well. So like I said, we got plenty to get to. Before we get into the opening drive, we got to bring in Ari, fresh off of vacation. And Ari, first of all, I don't know how you come up from vacation and you, you have any kind of edge to you. Uh. Well, it wasn't fully. There's a there's a lot more to this trip than uh, I care to share right now. But a partial vacation. I'm good. I'm good. It was All just right. uh, I just don't have good luck with things like this sometimes. Okay, so what he means by not have good luck is this. He said we we always do this uh, this idea of sharing topics or any ideas for a, a topic for the show or whatever. And he had a, an idea that he had because of his experience on his flight back. And I'm not one that has great experience on flights, so I can't really talk too bad about that. But this is what Ari had to say. On my flight back here, I got stuck moving to the middle seat, really because some rude parents lied to me about switching so their punk kid could get the window seat. I already said okay until I realized I don't fly well to begin with. So much so much prefer a window seat. I let it go because it's a kid, but he wants to ask Raider Nation, would you have given up the seat or should I have told them to – Blank <laughs> off. Yeah, blank off since they lied to him. How, first of all, Ari, how did you realize that they lied to you? So, like, the, all they said was, oh, just it's just this row. It's the same exact seat. It's just right behind. I'll tell you, it was 25F, and they're like, yeah, just take 26F. We just swapped. Like, they made it – They they told, it's a bait and switch, I believe it's called, right? right? Okay. So they made it seem like, yeah, you're just going to get the, uh, the same window seat. It's just one behind. What's the big deal? And I'm like, all right, you know, I get it. Like, three people, they want to sit together. That's no problem. Why am I going to be a jerk, right? Right. Took the high road. I sit there, so I'd already said, sure, that that's no big deal. I don't mind at all. I go sit down. I'm there for like 20 seconds, and a guy walks up, and he's like, oh, excuse me, that's my seat. And I, I start to be like, no, no. And he's like, oh, this is definitely me, 26F. And then he's like, I'm sorry, but I need, the, I need the window seat. Like, I need to sleep or whatever, and that's what I <laughs> 
So then I'm like, and they're just kind of looking at me like, eh, it's no big deal. And then they had some relatives across the the other seats, like on the other row, trying to kind of like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, just it's fine. It's just do it. Thing. Just go with it. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is I look over and uh, this is something funny when I was telling Damon and Danny, they're like, oh, I thought this was like a five, six year old kid. I get he, the kid was like maybe 12, 13, 14, that range. So, oh really? Yeah, so it's like not like a helpless kid that I really, but it's still like a kid, and I don't. It sounds be, like you just got played. I did, and I didn't want to be <laughs> basically like. It's actually a really good lesson for the kid to learn. If I wanted to be like, probably most people would be in this case and say, right. "Nope." Uh, you would learn. You don't always get what you want, and you can't just ask and get everything you want. But, but I like. I, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, you're really gonna tell my kid he's got to sit behind, you know, away from us. And I think you should have overruled that one. Probably, Ari. but I think it was... you should. I, I think my my gut feeling tells me you should have overruled, it, especially since you had to end up sitting in the middle. Seat. That's the only reason why. Other than right. that, I mean, if in... you could have just had it. I mean, I I see people moving all the time for families. That's cool, right? Yeah, I yeah, get I mean, it. You know, sure. hey, well, we want to sit together. Okay, great, but. When it comes to having to move from the seat that you were in to a middle seat, yeah, I think you got, I think you got yeah, job there. Told man. you, I get bad luck when I say, yeah. So it was just, it was just at that point, like I'm not, I can't be like, uh, on second thought, I changed my mind. So no, I think you should have. I think you should have. Raider Nation, I'd love to hear from you. This is just one of our topics that we have, <laughs> only because Ari came in hot. Stuff too. I kind of <laughs> understand why you came in hot now, because uh, I didn't really know at first, but now that you laid out the whole scenario and how it came about. I, I think yeah, I think I would have had to had to say something like, "Hey, hey, Jack, look, right. this is not this is not just a lateral movement, man. This is this is a downgrade." Yeah. So uh, and and, yeah. and just to add that I don't fly. That's no one's fault, but I'm not the best flyer. Like I don't get sick like super bad, but like um, you know, it's risky. So anything I can do to stop, you know, just be in the corner like that, it's perfect. Right. So would have been a great flight. Would have would have could have was not. So Raider Nation, chime in as well. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Let us know if Ari should have you know, manned up and got his seat back, or if he did the right thing by going ahead and just taking that middle seat, you took an L Take bad, man. L. Taking, I'm really disappointed in you, Ari. I, I need you to toughen up a little bit, man. Yeah, that's that's pretty – you, you took a pretty bad L right there, brother. <laughs> you, I mean, again, like I said, moving is one thing. Moving to the middle seat is the worst. There's times, let me tell you, as I'm going on vacation next week, me and the wife, we are strategic when we get on a plane. She'll sit on the outside, and I'll sit on the inside all the way at the window, and then we'll – We'll lean over and talk to each other and, like, basically lean over that middle seat the whole time, you know, and hope that we don't get anyone to come in and say, hey, is anyone sitting there? If they do, then she'll move and, you know, we'll adjust. But we try to discourage people from sitting in the middle seat by, by having a conversation yep. uh, and kind of leaning over, and then they'll look like, oh, I don't want to break up that conversation or maybe someone's coming back or something like that. And a lot of times it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but a lot of times it works. Well, there you go. So there's that. And then the other thing, and what's, what air fl- uh, airline did you go on? It was, I don't want to advertise for them, but whatever. What airline? It was American Airlines. Okay. See, better. I always end up on Southwest, and I've become accustomed to – you could pick your own seat. Yeah. So I always upgrade our, our tickets so I get on, like, super early so I can get the seat next to the emergency room or the emergency window where there's no seat stretch in front of me out. so yep. I can stretch my legs out. So the, oh, the yeah. six foot nine guy that walks by me and sees my <laughs> five foot eleven self stretched out is like, ooh, you burned me up. But, hey, yeah, you got to pay to play, brother. 
you, you, you got to pay ahead. to play. <laughs> you plan ahead, unlike uh, Mr. and Mrs. whatever their name was. There. I'm a, I'm yeah, I'm I'm a little bougie now when it comes to the flights and, and trying to, to get that uh, trying to get that uh, emergency row seat. So there you go, Ari's tales. But we're glad that you're with us, brother. <laughs> Welcome. I appreciate you. you being here with us, uh, hanging with us for this whole week. We're gonna have you hang yes, with sir. us all week long. You uh, you put out on Twitter that you signed a 10 day contract. That's right. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna have you hang with us for a week. Demond's gonna kick it with Steve Cofield for a week on ESPN Las Vegas, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. So there's that. Now you know you know Ari's uh, issues. <laughs> you know that uh, Adam Hills joined us at 2.30, Moda Kills at 4, Ted Wynn at 4.30, plus a whole lot more. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So let's go ahead and jump right into it, and I want you to hear this from Saquon Barkley. He was he had a camp, a football camp, as many players do over the weekend, and of course, conversation came up about the contract. They have mandatory minicamp this week, being the Giants. He's not going to be there. He hasn't signed his franchise tag, similar to Josh Jacobs when the Raiders had mandatory minicamp. So he's a no-show. Not like it's a big or a bad thing, because again, he hasn't signed his contract, so he can't get fined. Now, there's other players across the league, like Daniil Hunter in Minnesota, that are not showing up, and they're under contract, so they will get a hefty fine. But no fine for Saquon Barkley. But uh, here's the conversation when when it comes to Saquon Barkley, kind of a little bit back and forth with a reporter there that was at his camp. And he started off asking about the CBA, which the new CBA cannot be. They just agreed on one. So another CBA is not going to happen for like 10 more years. But he basically the reporter is asking Saquon, is there something that the, they should do in the CBA to get, you know, running backs a better shot at becoming free agents? I don't know, because that's going to be in 10 years. And to be honest, I love the game a lot, but I don't see myself being a football field in 10 years. But what I will say about the running back market and the value of it, um, what do you think is going to happen? You know, They tagged the top three guys. We didn't get a chance to hit the open market. So when we don't get a chance to hit the open market, it hurts a guy like Miles. It hurts all those other guys. Um, they put the cap at 10. And then when they have the tag, they have all the leverage. And that's the reality of it. But there is a, bit, there is a personal side of it, too. Um, there's a human side of it, too. And going off back to the question where Kim said how I felt like that, their dimension, what I've done since 2018, I'm not saying that, but everyone will talk about the running back market and this and that and the third. Every team is different. Like, everyone, there's a, there's a thing that goes up, and I think you mentioned it before, about, oh, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl and how many rushing yards, the top rusher. But every team is not, like, every team, Pat Mahomes is a two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP. And, like, this is, not everybody have Pat Mahomes, and this is no not to Daniel Jones, so don't even try to flip like that. And then you look at the Eagles who play, Jalen Hurts, a great quarterback. That team is amazing, but every team is not the Eagles. Every team don't have that much talent. And when you come to my situation, come to me personally, I feel like that I helped our team a lot. I feel like not only on the field, but off the field. I feel like as a leader, um, I feel like, obviously, there's a, conversation of my numbers going down I think there's a whole lot of other stuff that happened to place NFL you know we were a one-dimensional team in the beginning of the season um, we're running the ball uh, we have a great coach uh, we played Detroit Lions they came in bust that ass stop me uh, we had to we had to switch it up and we have a great coach with days with calf and we had a whole new game plan we came out and found a way to get the job done and make it to the playoffs but going to the running back market when you talk about the running back no, I don't agree with that. I think that it's not fair because I don't think Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans is a great team, but Derrick Henry's one of those guys on those teams. St. Fran's a great team, but Christian McCaffrey's one of those guys on the team. Josh Jacobs, the list go on and on. And I think when you talk about the New York Giants, um, you know, I think even Pierce came on and said it. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect in this league, and I think that's how it should be viewed. 
So there you go. There's Saquon Barkley at his camp, uh, about two and a half minutes of just what he had to say there, uh, talking about the, the contract situation. He's holding the franchise tag. Josh Jacobs is holding the franchise tag. Tony Pollard got the franchise tag in Dallas, but he already signed it. Uh, so he's, he's, he's good to go. He's also coming off of an injury, so it made sense for him to go ahead and sign and get it under, out of the way. Josh Jacobs over the weekend tweeted, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. And, of course, he is talking about, you know, the other running backs and how just like you heard Saquon Barkley break it down and say that it's not fair for all the running backs in the league, it does feel like the most undervalued position, right? And so uh, these guys that touch the ball so much and get so much contact, and you know how many carries Jacobs had a season ago, 340 uh, touches just from the running back position, let alone receiving, let alone blocking, let alone trying to, you know, get – five guys off of him when, when he's carrying the rock. I mean, remember, he's not just getting touched by one person. He's getting drilled. So these running backs, they, they get obviously a, a ton of contact, and their value just isn't there, and then you start to see them uh, you know, drop off at a certain age, as you saw with, with, uh, with Dalvin Cook, the fact that he was just released by the Minnesota Vikings, and he's 28 years old. Him, and I, I kind of did this on my podcast today, him and Josh Jacobs the last four years are very similar. There's not much difference between Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs over the last four years uh, outside of, what, three more carries for Cook, uh, about a handful more yards. Cook has 5,024 total yards in the four years. Jacobs has 4,740, so, what, 300 more yards. Uh, Cook has three more touchdowns than Jacobs, 43 touchdowns to 40. Uh, their, their yards per carry is almost the same, 4.6, 4.4. Right, and, and Jacobs played 60 games in four years, and, uh, and, and Cook only played 58. So, I mean, again, very similar. So I asked you, Raider Nation, what do you think a realistic contract? Obviously, the franchise tag is one year, 10 million fully guaranteed, which is great for one year, but it's nothing after that, and there's, not, there's no kind of security there. So what do you think a realistic contract should look like for Josh Jacobs? And I'm really talking more years and structure as opposed to actual money. Like, you don't have to call in and give me the exact dollars that you think he should get. But how do you think that the Raiders should go about structuring it so it's good for them? Because we know the value of a running back, and we know the, 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 the way that they're not valued in the league. And it's not – I can't really blame teams. Like, I'm not going to say that, oh, the teams are wrong for doing it. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast, right? Two things could be both true. Right, the running backs should be able to get paid as much money as you know they've earned, and also the teams should be able to look at them and say, "Yeah, that's a lot of wear and tear." And by the time it gets to the end of the contract, it's not going to be worth it, right? I mean, the the days to me it feels like of the Todd Gurley signing long contracts and Zeke Elliott signing long contracts and Christian McCaffrey signing long co- contracts is pretty much over. I mean, I'm looking at the guys that that have big contracts right now. C Mac is number one. Alvin Kamara. He's got, the, he's got a big-time a big time deal. He's 28 years old. $75 million is the total deal for him. Derek Henry's up there, but you see he's been re- restructuring. Nick Chubb is pretty high right now. Then you got Barkley. You got James Conner, Connor, Miles Sanders. Obviously, uh, Josh Jacobs as well right there with Saquon Barkley with $10 million uh, guaranteed for the franchise tag. But just want you to – I want, want, to, want to get your thoughts on what you think a realistic contract should look like. Again, more kind of years and structure as opposed to the actual money. Remember, Josh Jacobs is only 25 years old and has 1,072 career carries. So uh, that's what we'll throw out there and uh, hit you up at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, we'll ask Adam Hill that as well as he put out the the piece on Josh Jacobs over the weekend in the RJ. And if you haven't read that, we'll give you an update on that. But we'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts. Uh, Like 805 Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, if we released JJ, he wouldn't get 10 plus million on the open market. 
I would offer a three-year, $33 million deal with $20 million guaranteed. If he said no to that, then we move on after this year. So let's see, 333 so that's $11 million a year, $20 million fully guaranteed. Um, I c- I mean, I can see a deal like that, but I don't think it's enough money, right? I, I can see, and I, I understand where 805 Raiders coming from. I think it's got to be a little bit more guaranteed money as far as I'm concerned. You know, if you're going to do a three-year deal, I like where you're going, though, with the three-year deal, especially since Josh Jacobs is 25 years old. If you add three years onto, so I, it'd be a four-year total deal for me, right? You add three years onto the franchise tag that he always already has. As long as you get that long-term deal done, then you don't have to worry about the $10 million hitting the, the salary cap uh, just this year because you can, you can lower the salary cap hit uh, as long as they get that long-term deal done and they got to get that done by July 17th. I, was, I don't know, for some reason I had July 15th stuck in my head, but it's July 17th that they got to get that long-term deal done by or there's no options but to play on the one-year deal. So three years added to it, I would say, I would say probably a total of four-year deal and maybe three years – Maybe three years fully guaranteed, so maybe more like 30, 30, 35 million guaranteed, something like that, right? Where you can basically get out of it after a couple years. I think that Josh Jacobs is going to be really strong up until around 28. I think that's when you really start to look at the running back and start to think that, okay, uh, you know, that maybe they're starting to uh, drop. Their production is starting to drop a little bit. Is around that 28 uh, years old age. That's, I mean, look, Dalvin Cook out on the open market. Zeke Elliott out on the open market. You know, Kareem Hunt out on the open market. Guys, guys around that age start to they start to look at him and say, yeah, that the juice isn't worth the squeeze at that point. So, uh, yeah. So Raider Nation, do just like uh, 805 Raider did, and let us know what you think. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Looking for a realistic contract. What should it look like? Really the structure. If you want to throw the money in there like 805 Raider did, you can. That's fine. You know, more years in structure is really what I'm looking for. He's only 25 years old and has 1,072 career carries. And then you could always chime in about Ari's subject as well, what he has going on and his uh, fact that he got punked for his, uh, his seat and ended up sitting in the middle, the middle seat uh, on his plane ride. And actually got a lot of texts about the, the plane ride. So let me go over a couple of them real quick. This one's from the 209. How long was the flight? If less than three hours, tell that kid to kick rocks and then hit on his mom. LOL. Uh, cut the umbilical cord, dog. Love you guys. Thanks for the comedy. I like that one. Uh, Big Dub Raider said, yeah, Q, I'm with you. Ain't no way I'm staying in that seat if they bait and switch me. Go Raiders. So there you go. That's uh, Big Dub Raider. Um, Sir Whiskey Ray, uh, yeah, Sir Whiskey Ray said, uh, or Sir Whiskey Raider. No, Sir Whiskey Ray, yeah. Um, next time, just say no. Cheers. <laughs> it's just that simple. Right. Just that simple. Just say no. Um, Ty in Missouri said, Q, I learned the hard way a long time ago that I'm, a keep, I'm keeping the seat I pay for. Forget them kids. LOL. So there you go. Um, and then Mailman Raider said, I'm usually getting drunk on a plane, so I'll take the aisle seat for bathroom purposes, but also uh, so I fight for the parachute quicker if the plane goes down. No one wants to think that. Don't think about that. I had a lady. It's funny. I had a lady ask me. I was sitting in that seat that I like, and so this lady came over and uh, and sat in the middle, her and her husband. Uh, so they, you know, they were the other two seats, and I think it was on my trip back from maybe Indianapolis, the combine. I think that was uh, my flight back, and so the lady asked me because you know you when you sit in the emergency aisles, they always come and talk to you first, and you have to give like a verbal uh, agreement to to be able to 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 perform whatever duties you're asked. And so after we all said yes, the lady looked at me and goes. So what exactly should we do if we, you know, if we're in an emergency? And I was like, I don't know, but we're in trouble if we are. One way or the other, like, who cares? It's all bad. 
<laughs> right? Like, like that's, that's, not really, that's not really part of the conversation. Like, we don't really want to have that part of the conversation. But, yeah, so how, how, do we, how do we get this door? Like, she had so many questions. How does this door pop open? How does this happen? I was like, look, man, if the door opens, we're all in trouble. One way or the other. So let's not let's not think about it that way. But uh yeah, good stuff right there. Uh so I like that. We've got a lot of good texts from your your uh your question and, and like I said, we're throwing mine out there as well, looking for a realistic contract, what it looks like for Josh Jacobs. Like how many years would you give him fully guarantee a couple of those years? What would you uh, what would you think? Ari, I'll ask you. You're a pretty smart dude. You're a pro football focused guy a lot. Uh, you you, you kind of have the analytics down. What do you think a, a, a contract structure should look like for JJ? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would go big personally, which is what like four years really is. Yeah, a little on the higher side. I think so. You, so. so you're adding three years, or you're adding four? I would. Uh, hmm. Because you know remember, th- think about this: Dalvin Cook just got released, right? His his contract structure that he signed in 2020, obviously, is a 2023. 2020, he signed a five-year, $63 million deal with $28 million guaranteed, $15 million signing bonus. And then he got released prior to the 2023 season. So, basically, he was able to play under that contract for a couple seasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, 2021 20, uh, and 22. So, three years in, uh, all of a sudden they're releasing him from a five-year deal. So, I don't, I don't think that five years is, is realistic. That's why I said just add on three years to what you already have. So that's like four total years. I could live with that, but no less is what I'm saying. And I think uh, some of the things I've actually picked up from Raider Nate was the intangibles, like his leadership and his yeah. ability to change the game in a heartbeat. Like he did that all last year, even you know with, with the not-so-great record. But right. So yeah. it, it was huge. Um, I would also say who knows what's really going to happen with this quarterback situation and how long Devontae is going to be around as a result of that or yeah. not. So there's like a lot in place. So I feel like you have somebody that's like you could really build off of. I think he's proven it and he deserves it. And so yeah, I, no, I, I wouldn't I be agree. scared. I wouldn't be scared to roll the dice, so to speak, on a, on, on four years total or three plus, you know, a, yeah. in addition to three. Okay. So. No, and, and see, that's the thing is that he is more than – and I know that they just say you can get a running back anywhere, but he's so much more than just a running Can't back. You can get a Josh Jacobs anywhere. Right. I mean, yeah, I and, and again, I mean, and at some point I'm thinking that the market for running backs is going to change. I'm assuming that at some point they're gonna, someone's going to be that big-time difference maker where you just have to pay him. Like, it, it, it'd be insane not to. You know, like, like the argument that Christian McCaffrey had when he, was, when he got the big-time contract. And, look, that, that guy's not even available half the time, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs, even people will say that, oh, he, he misses time. Not really. He doesn't miss that much time, <laughs> right? I mean, everyone kind of, you know, assumes because he's, you know, they'll see him limping around the field or they'll see him get up slowly that he misses a whole lot of games. I mean, not really. His rookie year, he only missed um, three games. His second year in the league, he only missed one game. 2021, he only missed one game. And last year, he missed none. So, I mean, you know, it's like he's really available 90, 98% of the time. Like, he's always out there. And, and just the leadership that he brings and what he really provided last year I thought was massive. That leadership that he brought to the t- table last year was huge. Exactly, I mean, the, the yeah. guy, you know, was, was accountable all the time in the locker room following games, wins, losses, whatever the case may be. Uh, he established the Raiders' identity when they didn't have one. Uh, he encouraged the offensive line when they weren't playing well that it's going to be all right and he's going to help them out. And, you know, just there was a lot of the, a lot of the intangibles that you, don't re- that you can't see on paper that Josh Jacobs did in 2022 as well. So Raider Nation again, 69187, keyword R&R. What do you think a realistic contract should look like for one Josh Jacobs? More years and structure as opposed to the cash, but if you want to throw the money in there, you can as well. Remember, he's only 25 and has had 1,072 career carries. 227 is the time. Adam Hill joins us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. This year, favorite moment? Hmm. Probably the alumni function and just getting the opportunity to listen to the greats that have been in this organization and really set the standard tell us you know how they did it when they were here and explain to us what their expectations of us are i thought that was really a phenomenal time for our entire team and our staff now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q you heard josh McDaniels right there raiders content day talking about his favorite time of the year in 2022, what he really could appreciate, and even talking about talking to the alumni, uh, which is obviously something that's real big for the silver and black. Joining us now on the phone lines from the RJ, the Review Journal, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, is our good friend Adam Hill. And Adam, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. Want to talk all things Josh Jacobs with you. You put out the piece over the weekend. Josh Jacobs keeps fighting for himself and his position. And this is tricky, Adam, and you pointed it out in your piece that, you know, the teams don't value running backs like they should, and running backs are still very important. So, like, both sides are right, but they've got to find a way to meet in the middle. How does this situation – what's the cleanest way to make this situation work for Josh Jacobs, in your opinion? I, I don't know, but I think, you know, like, just to reiterate what you said, I mean, I think people have to understand that before we even move on to the next topic, right? It's – the team is right. The, the team is doing the right thing. You don't sign running backs to long-term deals. You just don't do it in a salary cap world where we understand the position of the running back. Like, you just don't do that. It hamstrings your franchise if you do it. I mean, look, Derrick Henry, I would argue, is the best running back in the league. I mean, Josh Jacobs right up there. But Derrick Henry's contract is burdensome for the Titans. It's, right. it's not a good contract. And he's the best there is. So that's just one of those situations where you look at it and say, if there's a spot where the team is right not to sign a guy – and the guy is right to be furious about how he's being handled in contract negotiations, something has to change. Like, the system has to change, but it's not going to change right now. It's not going to change overnight. And so, yes, you're in a position right now with your jo- when you're Josh Jacobs and the Raiders of looking at this as, as, hey, in a negotiation where both sides are correct and he deserves more and they shouldn't be paying it to him, how does that resolve itself? I don't think it does. I mean, I don't think there's a solution in terms of a contract. I think he's going to be stuck on playing on the franchise tag. Um, and we'll see what happens after this season. But the, the biggest question you have as an organization is, is it worth it to stand your ground and do the right thing um, when you might you know, soil the waters where you don't even have a chance to sign him? If he's that frustrated with things when he does enter free agency, um, then, then now you're really hamstringing yourself. So it, it's a really tough decision to make. I don't see it being resolved. I think he's going to have to play in the franchise tag and see what happens after the season. But the real answer is how did the Raiders solve this? By picking up his fifth-year option last year, Q. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. They pick up the fifth year option. They don't have to worry about it. Uh, you know, that's what, eight million dollars. Now the franchise tag is ten million dollars. So now they got this this situation in front of them. And and Adam, I mean, if they're if they're thinking about a multi-year deal, which obviously that's what that's what Josh wants. And, you know, they probably want that to a certain extent, but they don't want to overpay with. How would you structure it? How would you go about structuring a long term deal? Well, my guess, Q, is if he wants a long term deal, it'll be for less money than what the franchise tag is. Yeah. So do you do you want to play in the franchise tag for one year, make that money, and then hopefully, if you're Josh Jacobs, you have another season like you did this year, and he gets paid on the open market by somebody. Um, you know, so that that's tough. But I think the Raiders were, are probably telling him, 
hey, if you want long-term security, you're going to do it for less money than what the franchise tag is. So, you know, if it's a little over 10, all right, we'll give you three for 21, three right. for 24. And now you're taking less money on a per year basis, but at least you have that, you know, long-term security. So that's where it really becomes tricky. I, I, I don't think this is, hey, he's holding out for more years or more money uh, per year necessarily. It's, does he want to make more in one year or does he want to make less but have security long-term? I think that's the options that are facing him. You know, we got a text from our guy, 805 Raider, and he said he would offer three years, $33 million, $20 million guaranteed, and, and hope that he takes it. Is that a reasonable contract? I think it's reasonable. I, I don't know if the Raiders are there yet, and I right. don't know if Josh Jacobs is, is willing to come down to that. And, and we don't know exactly what his demands are or what he wants. Right. We know he wants years and security and guarantees. Like, that's what he wants. That's what any player wants. Right. Uh, and he should want that. Um, would would I make that offer if I was the Raiders? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I don't, I don't think it's an unreasonable request to pay that over three years. I, I think that's fine. Um, but, that you know, this is not an organization that – has not and not honestly the Raiders. I'm saying this administration when they've been with the Patriots, like it's not their way to pay a running back a bunch of money. Now they haven't had a Josh Jacobs, so it changes the equation. That's why we're in this situation because they came here thinking, hey, we'll use Josh Jacobs for a year and move on. Right. And then they realized, oh, Josh Jacobs is incredibly valuable not not only as a running back but as a locker room presence. So um, I think it did complicate the formula a little bit. Uh, that contract seems reasonable to me. Um, I don't know if it's reasonable to either side, honestly. Right, no, and that's that's always going to be the big question is, you know, does either side feel like that that would be something that's fair? And, look, we look at Dalvin Cook. He had, in 2020, signed a five-year, $63 million deal with $28 million guaranteed, $15 million signing bonus, and that was in 2020, and he gets released before the 2023 yeah. season, and he's 28. Yeah. So Jacobs is 25. Do you feel like that, that that three years is kind of the window until the, the running back starts to drop off a little bit? Yeah, usually. Now, I think it could be argued that, you know, Josh Jacobs is uh... – his running style puts him in a situation where maybe the window isn't even that, isn't even that wide, mm-hmm. um, and that's a compliment to how he plays football. I mean, that right. guy attacks the game. You can just see how much he loves it by how he runs every single time he touches the ball. Uh, that passion is incredible, and it's something that you want on your team. It's something you want in your locker room for sure, but it's also not something you want paying guaranteed money to right. over a couple of years. If, if you're just being real, I, I hope that doesn't sound harsh, like, it's just what reality is. Like, I'm out here advocating for running backs to get paid sooner and more and maybe not even have their entire contracts uh, count against the salary cap just because I think it's completely unfair how they're paid. But in the reality of the situation, like, that's a guy who's probably not – who probably doesn't have the same window other guys do because of how passionate he is, because of how much he runs hard and tries on every single down. Like, that's going to take a wear and tear on you. It, it really will. Adam Hills, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Josh Jacobs and running backs in general. So I mentioned Dalvin Cook. He's out on the open market. Zeke Elliott's on the open market. Leonard Fournette's on the open market. Uh, other guys like Kareem Hunt are out there. How does that impact what Josh is trying to get done? Barkley is holding the franchise tag. Having those kind of names out there, how does that impact what Josh is trying to get done? Well, it certainly impacts it, but I think, I mean, I think Barkley is certainly the, the one to, to watch and to monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to me, both of those camps are looking at it and saying, hey, do we want to make the first move here? Right. Uh, do we want to be the first one to go? Because if we do, obviously the market is set. Um, and so the other one probably goes a little bit above that. So I think that's, that's a little bit of, um, you know, of chicken and egg. But I also, you know, I don't think they're necessarily the same player. They're not in the same uh, circumstance. The organizations aren't necessarily in the same spot. So um, I don't think it's directly correlated, but I do think both sides are 
playing a little bit of a waiting game here. And look, we often talk about what deadlines mean, right? Deadlines matter. Yeah. They get they spurred action. So when we get a little bit closer next month uh, to that day, I think it's July 17th on yeah. my head, somewhere yeah. around there, uh, when we get close to that date, you're going to see a lot more activity, a lot more action, a lot more urgency to get something done. Um, but, you know, I don't think either one wants to go first. I saw uh, Mike Florio and them over at Pro Football Talk talk about uh, throwing uh, – maybe the Raiders will pull the pull the franchise tag, rescind it. Do you think there's any chance the Raiders do that? I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily expect that. I mean, I, I think, you know, that that's a that's a pretty bold move to make, I would think, and um, even even kind of sending that message of, all right, you're not going to take this. We're not even going to let you have it. Right. Um, that would be that would be pretty strong to me in terms of saying you probably don't want that guy anymore. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, look, if that's a negotiating ploy that they think they can use, if they think that will help spur things, um, they need to get they need to get movement going. And again, it's not urgent right now. They don't have to get it done tomorrow, but they have to get it at some point and understand. Uh, what they're dealing with in, in the in the backfield right now. Right, and the thing about it is if they don't get it done by that July 17th date that you mentioned, there's no options. It's it's one year, no. it's one year, 10 million guaranteed or don't play at all, and I don't see them holding out, and that never no. really works out, I don't think, so I don't see that happening. And we, you know, Adam, we've had this conversation before in the media room about scheme versus player, and I think that you even asked the question before, would a guy like Zamir White be having a similar season to Josh Jacobs? Now, that's, this takes all the leadership and everything out of the equation, but how much does just the scheme matter to the team saying, hey, we can get that kind of production from any other running back? Yeah, I think for the most part in the running game, it's usually mostly scheme. Now, I would certainly make the argument that Josh Jacobs defies that a little bit. I think mm-hmm. he gets a little bit more out of uh, out of most plays than a lot of running backs would. Um, his vision is obviously incredible, um, and he finishes he finishes runs right. I mean, if it's a fourteen yard run, it's, it becomes a fifteen or sixteen. Like he's not right. going to go down and go backwards necessarily. So he's going to get you those harder yards. So I think definitely that's a big part of it. But as, a, as from a pure running game, it's usually mostly scheme where where the differences are made in ter- is in terms of being a pass catcher, um, as you mentioned, being a leader. Uh, pass protection is a big one. I mean, yeah. young players tend to get quarterbacks killed in pass protection. And, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs has certainly come a long, long way in that area. So I think that's where you see the differences made. Um, but when you're just talking about handing the ball off and going, it's for the most part, I think it's running. It's it's lane, it's scheme, it's how the passing game works and spreads out the defense, um, and it's how the offensive line blocks it is, is how you're going to really generate most of what you get out of the running game. How much of what Josh did last year was Josh really making it work, especially early on with that offensive line, and how much of it was the offensive line gelled and did a great job blocking? I think they they, they did fairly well. I, I think they were definitely better than we expected them to be. I, I would say, um, you know, the the offensive line last year, we entered the year thinking it was going to be an absolute weakness, and I think it was – neutral like i don't think it was necessarily you know one of the best lines in the league but i think they were pretty much league average um in a lot of different categories and i think when you look at them you say that's that's better than anybody expected i think last year we even had a conversation look if the offensive line is average it's going to be a very good team now i think that was wrong we were wrong about that i think the (laughs) offensive line was average and it wasn't a very good team um but you know that wasn't a problem I, i don't think the offensive line was a problem in any regard uh i think they 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 played just fine um so I think they did a lot, but you know, obviously, you know, Josh Jacobs does add a lot to what you're trying to do in the running game. Just you know, from from all that, and by the way, don't 
another part we we don't really talk about is the communication between the running back and the line, where you know they understand where he wants you know, things blocked, they understand where he wants the hole, he understands where the hole is going to be, where their strengths are on a certain play. Like that communication, that cohesion is a big part of it as well. So scheme isn't just when I say scheme is not just offensive line or just how the coach calls a game. Like scheme is also part of how the how the running back kind of manages that. And I think Josh Jacobs did a really good job in that area. No, I agree with you 100%. And so it's going to be interesting, man. It's, it's so crazy that it's one, it feels like to me one of those scenarios that there's not a right answer for, right? I mean, it, yeah. just, it really feels like there's no right answer here. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that's the argument. That's kind of the column I was writing is that um, if you think the team is at fault here for not giving Josh Jacobs a long-term deal, I think you're wrong. But if you think Josh Jacobs is wrong for not signing, I definitely think you're wrong too. Like, he deserves this. And somebody pointed that out. One of the people on Twitter responded to him when he said, you know, this is about securing not only myself but the future um, of the position or whatever he's referring to there. Um, and somebody said, I think if you just show up and work hard and play your game, like, you'll get rewarded. And he said, it's not like that. That's cap. And yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, that is cap. Like, that's not how it works. That is that is not the 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 scenario that running backs play under now. You don't just simply get rewarded for doing your job. That's not how it's going to work. No, it really isn't. And uh, Adam's piece is called "Josh Jacobs Keeps Fighting for Himself and His Position." You can find it in the RJ. And Adam, before we let you go, I know you've been on Golden Night Watch. You've been in Florida yeah. and back, and that's been a lot of fun. They're one game away from winning the Stanley Cups. I mean, what what have you thought about uh what have you thought about the Golden Knights on this journey? Um, I mean, they've been incredible. Uh, every uh, they've answered every single challenge, every single question people had about them. Um, I feel a little bit, you know, vindicated because last year we had a big debate about uh, the difference between reasons and excuses, and I think that's a huge thing uh, in sports arguments. And last year, I thought the reason that they weren't better is because they had a lot of injuries, and people said, "Well, that's an excuse." No, that's a reason. And I think it was the reason they didn't you know, live up to expectations. And this year they had a little bit better luck. It wasn't perfect, but a little bit better injury luck. And they lived up to expectations because they stayed healthy. They were really, really together and really connected. I think that was a big part of it as well, uh, how they bought it in the locker room. And now you're seeing the results. And this team is on the verge of winning the Stanley Cup. And I'll say they are going to win the Stanley Cup, Q. It's coming, it's coming to Las Vegas. It's going to happen. I think Florida is – they put everything they had into that third period. They couldn't get that goal. I think they're done. I think they tap out. And I don't – I mean, maybe I'm saying this because I just don't want to get on a flight to Florida on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Miami, for those that are traveling to Dolphins game later this year, like I am, Miami is the worst airport I've ever been to, and I've traveled all over the world. Q, I've been to San Jose, Costa Rica. I've been to Mexico City. Wow. Like, Miami is the worst airport I've ever been to. I believe it. I believe it. And you know what? Let's end on this, that you mentioned a flight. Ari, uh, on his flight back from vacation, he got he got punked by a family. He was sitting in the window seat, and they asked him to switch so he can so they could sit together. So they were going to go one row behind, and he ended up getting a middle seat one row behind instead of the window seat. So he ended up getting punked. What would Adam Hill have done in that situation? First of all, I don't believe Ari went on vacation. So the whole premise, <laughs> there's, there's no chance that's a real thing. Um, yeah, you have to make sure it's not a, a middle before you make that switch. Yeah, like, I, I understand making the switch and letting a family sit together, but you're not going to a middle seat in that in that trade. It's just not going to happen. No, that's a trade. That's a trade where you lose every time. That's a bad trade yeah. right there. You don't get that value. Hey, so hey, don't bring this up no. on Cofield and Company, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Steve will have my head. Yeah, well, we don't want that to happen. That's why you're hanging out for a week here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Well, Adam, thanks so much, man. Great stuff, great piece, and I know you'll do a great job this afternoon uh, on Cofield & Company. We definitely thank you, my man.
Yep, lots to talk about the Miami airport. Don't worry. <laughs> I know that's right. There he goes. Adam Hill from the RJ, also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, you'll be able to check out Adam Hill and hear him as well. So there you go. Uh, and his piece was, I thought, spot on when he's talking about neither side is wrong. It's just a, it's hard to come to a, a middle agreement. Like, how do you come to a middle agreement where the, the, the team – Feels like that they got a good deal, and the rate and and the running back feels like he got a good deal as well. Like someone doesn't feel some kind of way when it's all said and done. It's just one of the most difficult, I guess, positions to try to properly compensate someone for. I think that's the best way to word it. But we'd love to get your feedback on it at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R and seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. What do you think a realistic contract should look like for Josh Jacobs? And really, I'm looking at the years. Uh, the structure of it, like years uh, as opposed to actual money, just kind of how would you, uh, you know, make a contract look where it feels like it should be reasonable for Josh Jacobs. Remember, he's only 25 years old, has just over 1,000 career carries. And then if you want to chime in on Ari getting jobbed for his seat on the flight, he had a middle, he had a, a window seat, ended up with a middle seat because a family basically BSed him and told him that, oh, uh, this is just one seat behind, when really it wasn't. It was one seat behind and one seat over. So Ari got stuck in the middle. You can chime in on both of those. 248 at the time. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Here from Raiders assistant GM Champ Kelly coming up at the top of the hour. Champs Camp, he was hosting that on Saturday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I had a chance to catch up with them after that camp. You'll hear that brief conversation that's coming up at the top of the hour. Right now, though, let's go out to the nation's capital at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Tom, a.k.a. T3. Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. What's going on today? Ah, uh, man, you know, hanging and banging, man. There you go. You mentioned Champ Kelly, and and I and no no shade toward Dave Ziegler, but Champ Kelly really was the guy that I was hoping the Raiders would bring in as a general manager. He has so much class, and he's got so mm-hmm. much knowledge of the game. I have no doubt he's going to end up as a GM somewhere next year. I agree. I agree. I think Champ Kelly is is man. I don't know how long he's going to be with the Raiders, but I, I I appreciate every minute he's there. Absolutely. There's one other thing I wanted to mention. I've been following this Josh Jacobs thing very closely, as I'm sure everybody has. Uh, you know, I see both sides of the coin. Uh, mm-hmm. The Raiders, I think, should do right by Josh Jacobs and, and, and sign him to probably a two- or three-year deal. And I think about Jalen Richard and all the things that he brought to the table for so many years, even coming in as an undrafted uh, signing free agent. But, mm-hmm. but, again, when you're looking at continuity of the team, Josh Jacobs brings so much in terms of locker room in addition to production. Now, he may have had his best season last season. He may not be able to duplicate that, but I think – it's really well worth the Raiders to go ahead and invest in him for what he can bring to that running back room up front and also in terms of supporting the other guys coming in. I definitely think it's worth it. Now, having said that, if he's going to try to dial on that hill to try to get as much money as he can to advance uh, everybody coming behind him, I think that that's a risk that's not necessarily worth taking. I think you should go ahead and sign the tag and, and go ahead and try to help negotiate a two- to three-year deal. Um, I just think the running back situation in the NFL now is so undervalued, and I'm not sure yeah. there's anything one player can do to, to to move that move that needle any further. I think the running back position itself is going to have to change in order to, for that to happen. But I would like to see Josh get his money, but I'm not sure he's going to get what he hopes he's going to get. Maybe maybe he gets what he thinks he's going to, but I certainly don't think he's going to get what he hopes to get. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Great call, T3. It's great to hear from you, my man. And that's that's why it's such a sticky subject, and I'd love to hear uh, more of Raider Nation's feedback at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. It's such a hard subject to really dissect and break down because there are both sides of it that you can understand. Like Adam Hill said, that's why I thought his article that he wrote was so good because it, both sides do make sense. So it's like they got to find a way to come to a middle even, and we all know that that's not easy. Keep those calls and texts coming. Plus, we got Champ Kelly on the way. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.